0: Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. We are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou, and on this edition, we're going to be talking Martin Erdogan, and we're going to be quickly touching on some of the international results last night, a couple of uh, uh, ones that are worthwhile discussing just briefly. But of course, as I say, the main focus will be on Martin Erdogan, because in the space, of less than 24 hours. We've had two quite significant bits of news with regards to the Norwegian. The first was that he picked up an injury uh, last night during uh, Norway's uh, game. Uh, the coach, uh, Stala Solbakken confirmed uh, that he had picked up an injury, but that it wasn't very, very serious. Now, of course, Norway uh, were... We're playing against Gibraltar in a World Cup qualifying match, and Odegaard rolled his ankle. That's what it looked like, anyway. Um, he was then uh, treated. He then continued playing for around about 10 minutes and then was hooked off at half time as a precaution. Now, of course, Norway against Gibraltar, you'd feel that that would be, and with all due respect to Gibraltar, it feels like a little bit of a. Um, now, I'm not going to say David and Goliath, but, you know, it feels like the kind of game that that Norway should win with or without Martin Odegaard. So you can understand uh, why Solbaken has decided to, to take him off at halftime. He's got some big games coming up over the next few days uh, and felt like it was better to rest Martin Odegaard. So after an initial scare where we were told that he'd suffered an ankle problem and he'd gone off, we've heard since that actually that problem is probably not as severe as first feared. And the fact that he is in contention to play again early uh, next week suggests that actually it's probably nothing to worry about. So we survived that one. But then this morning, uh, there was a report from Marca, the Spanish outlet. And it was the report that many of us um, Arsenal fans probably feared uh, was going to come. Martin Odegaard has been in sensational form since he joined the Arsenal. He's played really, really well, pretty much. Every time he's gone out on the pitch, I think he's added another dynamic. I think he's brought the kind of creativity, the kind of guile and the kind of intelligence um, that we were probably missing in that final third. He also works extremely hard. He also contributes um, really well on the training ground from what we're hearing, what we're reading, what we're understanding. But according to Marker, Real Madrid... Do not contemplate. That was the term they used when you translate it into English. Real Madrid are not contemplating selling Martin Erdogan this summer. Now, I would take that with a pinch of salt because, as I've said throughout, um, you know, these these discussions about the Norwegians' future, I do feel like if you dangle the right money in front of Real Madrid, given their current situation, I think they would be tempted. uh, And I still think that would be the case if Arsenal haven't made an offer yet then of course they they're not contemplating a sale because they don't know uh that one is of course um that that one is of course even in the pipeline so i i've I, I got to be honest i'll be disappointed if we don't sign the player on a permanent deal because you know i know that when the deal was initially done that brought him to the Emirates stadium we were all saying well you know it's it's, it's short term and it was made very very clear that there was no option to buy there was no obligation to buy and all of that was to be discussed in in the future, to be discussed at a later date. But having seen his performances so far, having really enjoyed them, having seen that he brings a completely different dynamic to the team, I think that we would be missing a major opportunity. I mean, we're, we're talking about someone who's, who's 22 years old, someone who's proven he's got bags and bags of talent, bags and bags of ability. And I just think, you know, if it is a deal that can be done, Arsenal need to do it. Um, It would be a real statement as well. uh, And I'd I'd love to to have him on a permanent deal. There's been a lot of talk lately about uh, the idea of him maybe joining for another season on loan with an obligation to buy him at the end of the next campaign, perhaps inserted in there so that Real Madrid are, are almost guaranteed the money um, at the end of that period, would that tempt them into allowing him to come for another loan? We don't know. Um, of course, the players' desires uh, will have to be taken into consideration. He talks about how happy he is at the Emirates Stadium, how much he's enjoying life. And he's talked about it time and time again. He feels there's a real need for stability in his career at this stage. Is that stability something he feels he can have at Arsenal? Um or after these impressive performances, will Real Madrid go back to him and try and persuade him that there is, um, there is, uh, there is a role for him at Madrid and he can go back there and will be considered uh, by Zinedine Zidane or whoever's in charge of the club at that point. It's, it's going to be really, really interesting um, to see, uh, to see how this pans out. But You know, some of you making the the, the point in the comments that it could be Real Madrid just kind of uh, trying to play hard to get, trying to bump up the player's price. Um, And, you know, that is is a a real strong possibility. So I wouldn't rule that out. Um, As I said, look, it's not the report that we wanted to hear. It's not the news that we wanted to hear. But as I advised right at the start of the podcast, I would take this with a pinch of salt. I still believe that Real Madrid... Given their current circumstances financially, given the state the game is in financially at the moment in comparison to where it was, you know, just over a year ago before the COVID pandemic hit, it, it's very, very different. And I think that you, teams can be tempted or I'm not going to say bullied because I don't think Arsenal could ever bully Real Madrid, but I think Arsenal could tempt Arsenal, uh, Arsenal could tempt Real Madrid, sorry, into doing that deal. Um, if the right money was on offer, regardless of what Marker says, and let's, let's be honest as well. You know, we're talking about it as if it's 100% gospel. It is just a report and Marker are not exactly the most reliable. Let's put it that way. Um, let's go over to your live comments and see what you guys are saying. A big hello to everybody joining us live right now. I can see there are plenty of you, uh, in the live chat. Uh, Big hello to everybody who's going to be watching this or listening to this back a little bit later on as well. So I hope you're all good. Uh, JB says um, Odegaard is fine. The Norway manager says he should be back for their game on Tuesday. So um, that's what he says. Um, And even if Odegaard's not 100%, though, you do feel like these international managers, you know, they get a lot of stick, don't they? Where people are talking about, the, the need for international breaks to be scrapped and how they're unhelpful and how they're coming at the wrong time. But from an international manager's point of view, where his job is to get the best out of his national side, you know, will they sometimes push the boundaries with players who maybe are not a hundred percent fit to get the benefit out of it? Of course they bloody would. And so I wouldn't hang on his every word. I think if he feels that Odagar can can make the team, then he will pick him because obviously it makes his team stronger Odegaard is the captain now of Norway as well, which obviously helps um, the manager in terms of making the case of his importance. It uh, doesn't really help us, although I'm delighted for the lad. But from our perspective, it makes him almost an invaluable member now of that squad and, and even more so than he was before. And someone that back and will pick every time he can. Um, and again, you know, going forward, if, if Martin Odegaard is going to become an Arsenal player, we don't want the whole tug of war between club and country. And maybe as as fans, we make too much of a big deal out of that in general. You know, players obviously want to represent their national teams in most cases. And, you know, you've kind of just got to let them get on with it to a degree. Yes, of course, you're sitting there biting your nails, praying with your fingers crossed every single time an international break comes along because you hope that they don't go and get an injury. You hope that nothing happens, which means you're without them for a period of time. But you have to respect the players' wishes when it comes to international duty as well, what it means to some players. And uh, it's not as easy as saying you can't go, you're not going, etc., etc. So it's just one of those risks that you have to live with. When you have a top player at your football club, someone who's vitally important for his nation, he will play games when you don't always feel he's uh, 100% ready. He will be involved, even if it's against your club's wishes. But there you go. Uh, RD Holyfield says, sad news, but hardly devastating. And I'm not sure if he's talking to the the report claiming Real Madrid want him back or uh, the injury bit. But he says at least Smith Rowe can get back to his best position. I would argue right now um, that that Martin Odegaard is actually. I wouldn't even argue. I think it's, it's quite clear. I think Martin Odegaard is at a, right now is performing at a higher level than Emil Smith Rowe. Yes, Emil Smith Rowe is an Arsenal player. Yes. He has uh, plenty of years ahead of him. He's a couple of years younger even than Martin Odegaard. But does it mean um, that I'd be happy to be without Odegaard? No, because I feel like Odegaard makes us a better team. And if you could ask, if you could only give me one of them at the moment, if I could only select one, and at times Mikel selected both, but if I could only select one right now, it'd be Martin Odegaard. So I'm not really sure where, sort of where the whole, you know, oh, well, it doesn't matter about Odegaard. While he's with us, we've got to use him and, and get the most out of him. Ultimately, he was brought to the club to help us improve our results, to strengthen our team. He's done that, to be fair to him. Uh, but we need to um, we need to get the maximum out of him while he's here, even if it, that is just until the end of the season. Uh, big hello to Steve, one of our members joining us uh, from Texas. Uh, big hello to Gunatel, to Sam, Um Who else we got here? Big hello to the roofless Guna, to Inter, uh, to Brad who says, uh, Hi everyone, like the video and subscribe if you're new. Yes, uh, please do so. Uh, Make sure you uh, smash the like button, make sure you subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, We want to get to 13,000. I know 13 is an unlucky number in the eyes of many, but we want to get to 13,000 as quick as possible. I think we're on almost 12,700. So, if we can get over the 700 line at least, and then we'll be 300 away from hitting that target, which is obviously achievable in the next month or so. So yeah, uh, help us out. If you haven't done so already, uh, then please do so. Uh, the guna says uh, his Yeros turned out great last week. Good. Uh, glad to hear that. Um, Carlos talking about uh, Odegaard says uh, with regards to the Real Madrid report, that's fine, but it's better, we know, early to make contingency plans if need be. Yeah. Um, you know, we we if we can't get hold, hold of him, if we can't attain his signature, then, of course, uh, we will have to uh, have to look at alternatives. Um, Pranjal says that they don't want to sell. Plus, we won't be able to afford even if available. I wouldn't be so sure of that, Pranja. Like I said, I, you know, yes, that's what Marker are reporting today. But I wouldn't be surprised if a deal uh, still gets done for Martin Odegaard. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I'd love it to happen. Up until today, I was quite confident it would. But, of course, this news um, dampens that enthusiasm a little bit around the prospect of him coming in. Because, you know... You know, we've talked about it time and time again, haven't we? The better plays, the higher his asking price goes, and the more Real Madrid will me- perhaps, possibly, fight to keep him. Perhaps Real Madrid's mind is already made up, though, on Martin Odegaard, right? Because this is not the first loan spell he's had. He's He's been to, to Holland. He's been to Real Sociedad. He was only called back on loan. Uh, you know, he, he'd gone to Real Sociedad on a two-year deal, and he was only called back because Real Madrid were desperately short. So, uh, you know, yes, he's put in some good performances here at the Emirates Stadium, but has Zinedine Zidane's mind changed solely off the back of that? Not sure. Is this a decision being made from somebody higher up? Maybe. Um, We don't know. Time will tell. Uh, But I still think there is a possibility of it being turned into a permanent deal, whether that be with another season's loan first and then, The obligation to buy at the end of that or whether that just be a straight transfer this summer, I don't know. But I wouldn't rule out that that chance um, just because Marker are reporting that Real Madrid don't contemplate a sale right now. I keep using that phrase, don't contemplate, because that's what the report says. Uh, Inter says uh, must admit it's been quality was worried it would be another Denis Suarez move. Uh, Michael suggests that they're just posturing. Uh, to ensure the best price yeah uh, I, I pretty much agree with that um peanut butter jelly time says would you take him on another loan then yeah absolutely um absolutely baker man like some of the others says i can't see us having the money to buy him you're not the only one uh that thinks that mate so it's a it's a very um fair view and perspective uh to have um what else have we got here um going to pick out some more comments, just so scrolling through them. Uh, Stormy Water Film says Martin Odegaard's desire of where to play is the most important and overlooked factor in this potential signing. I've already touched on it, haven't I, that the players' desires here will count for plenty because Real Madrid, I feel, after the history, given the fact that he's been left out of the side, given the fact that he's not got a look in um, at the Bernabeu up until this point, you would have to you would have to feel that the player needs Real Madrid to convince him that his role will be different and he needs a lot of convincing for that to happen. Um and 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 that's why you make a very valid point about Odegaard's desire. Because, you know, Arsenal have proven to Martin Odegaard that he is central to our plans. He's key to our plans, that when available he will play. Um and of late he's he's been a regular starter. So Arsenal don't need to work as hard as Real Madrid to prove to Martin Odegaard that they value him. But ultimately, if Real Madrid can do that, there's no getting away from the fact that they are the bigger club. They are the more powerful club. They are the biggest club in the world, in my opinion. And they are the team that pretty much most kids uh, grow up dreaming to play for at some point in their careers. So obviously we talk about Arsenal's pull and we talk about the fact that despite us being under par in terms of our current league position and and the fact that we, you know, maybe have struggled over the last few seasons a little bit more than we'd have liked, we always talk about Arsenal still having that pull, but Real Madrid, in my opinion, will always um, have a greater pull. But as I keep saying, they have to work hard. They have to persuade Martin Odegaard that he has a future there and they have to persuade him that if he does go back, he will um, he will be given the opportunity to prove himself because he hasn't really had that up until now. Um, Alex McCarthy says, I, I don't watch or ever will agree with having internationals played in the middle of a domestic season. It disrupts the team's rhythm, causes more fatigue and takes out key players. If fighting for trophies, uh, you know, a lot of people don't like the international breaks, but when are we going to play them then? You know, the players would never get a break in the summer if we played them throughout the summers. So it's really difficult uh, to find space for them in the calendar. Listen, I, I'm not a major fan of the qualifying campaigns because the way they're seeded, you very rarely get a decent match. You're very between two strong sides. You very di- rarely see upsets. You very rarely see entertaining competitive games. But I'm a massive, massive fan of the European Championships. I'm a massive fan of the World Cups. I think international football at when it comes to the summer tournaments is is for me, it's as great as anything. I, I, I absolutely adore it. Um, but you need these qualifying campaigns to be able to stage those tournaments. So it's just one of those things I think that we're just gonna have to just gonna have to take on on the chin and and it's been around for years and it's it's not going anywhere. Inter says, I'm delighted we have the international break now. To be honest, this season has been mad stressful. I completely agree. It's been horrendous. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still working. um, But you can kind of tone it down a little bit over the international break. And it means that you can just i not going to say take your foot off the gas uh, because if you, you know, if you want to be successful in anything you do, you you can never really afford to do that. But just give you a bit of time to unwind in the evenings in particular for me. Uh, I'm finding, I mean, I've watched three films in three nights. I'd have never done that uh, at any point over the last couple of years. So yeah, it does give you some time to chill out a little bit. Uh, the Armchair Guna says, whilst Madrid need the money, I also feel... They need players due to financial restrictions. If Odegaard plays well, I can easily see them holding on to him. So, lots of mixed views here on whether, um, on whether Arsenal, um, you know, can hold on to this player. Some feel that we can. Some feel that we can't. Some feel that Real Madrid will be so desperate to keep hold of him that we stand absolutely no bloody chance. Uh, whatever the case is, but we're going to have to. Wait and see on that. Oh God, these pillows doing my backing. Move them out a away. There you go. Um, Sam says, do you think Real are looking at signing Haaland and for them to, to link up, they have a great understanding between each other. Of course, uh, the pair play together at international level. Uh, They're going to be a lot of clubs. I think um, that will be fighting for Erling Harland's signature or at least uh, toying with the possibility you know we know that he's going to go for mega mega money um and if it's not the track you know we know he's got a release clause but you know if a number of clubs trigger that release clause when I say mega money I mean he's gonna demand one hell of a contract and those clubs will all be competing with one another to get that deal done and get that deal over the line Can Real Madrid beat the likes of Manchester City right now? Can they beat the likes of Paris Saint-Germain from a money perspective, purely monetary? Yes, they can beat uh, Man City and PSG in terms of poor. I don't doubt that for a second. They are Real Madrid, for God's sake. And you're talking essentially with all due respect about two clubs that, in my opinion, are plastic. You know, they've come from absolutely... Nowhere, and all of a sudden become footballing superpowers because somebody got bored and decided to invest in them as a as a passion project. Um, yeah, maybe Real are looking at Haaland um, and maybe keeping Martin Odegaard will, will assist them in in persuading him that that ask, uh, that Real Madrid is the right place for him. Be interesting to see. Uh, Gunatel says it would be a shrewd move to take him on a season long loan with an option to buy just to ensure he can play at this level consistency. I think that if Arsenal did take him for another season on loan, I don't think it would be with an option to buy. I'd imagine the only way Real Madrid would agree to that would be with an obligation to buy because I feel that Real Madrid would want guarantees of that money because if they've at least got that guarantee of that money coming in at a later date it does help them in the transfer market and it does allow them to then exert themselves a little bit more financially so I don't think there's any chance of a second loan unless there is an obligation to buy where Arsenal have to 100% cough up the money next summer um Let's see uh, what else we've got here. Uh, Pranjow agrees with me when he says, "Oh, the guy's a much better player." than Emil Smith Rowe. Right now, Emil Smith Rowe is different too. Yeah, and look, it's not to knock Emil Smith Rowe, but he's not played a lot of football this season. Um, he has broken down quite regularly, and I think that more than anything else, more than his ability, more than his level of performance, highlights exactly why Arsenal had um, had to bring somebody else in uh, because he couldn't be relied upon. And, and that's just the reality of it, you know. Um, it's not when I say that I prefer Odegaard right now, it's not because I don't like Emil Smith-Rowe. I think he's a fantastic prospect. I think he's got bags of talent. And I think he will go on uh, to be a, a really successful Arsenal player in years to come. But, you know, you're just talking about someone in a different bracket right now, in my opinion. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Brad says, uh, if Madrid say they want to sell, Willie's value decrease 100%? And that's why they're not saying that. And that's why I go back to the point of saying that, yes, it's annoying. It's a little bit frustrating, causes a little bit of uh, anxiety around the whole Odegaard situation. But I would take these reports uh, of Real Madrid being adamant on keeping Martin Odegaard. Um, I would take them with a pinch of salt, because as I keep on saying, put the right money on the table, everybody has a price. Uh, big hello to Graham. He says, hi, Harry. Uh, hi everyone. I've got a feeling we'll get him on a permanent deal, maybe a low move first. And then next season, a permanent one after, um, what else have we got here? Mikey B says, um, it's sensible to look beyond Odegaard. Um, if a deal can't be done, then, then we've got no choice. Uh, inter says, Harry, did you see the scrapping? they're scrapping financial fair play? I did. um, and, and they'll make out a load of bullshit about how it's to allow clubs to be a little bit more flexible in the way they spend their own money. But the reality is the reason they're scrapping it is because they couldn't police it properly. They couldn't enforce it properly. I mean, Manchester City were so bloody guilty of breaking all of the rules. They get taken to the court. They they appeal their ban, goes to the court of arbitration for sport, etc., etc., and the ban is overturned. So if UEFA can't enforce it, What is the point in having it? And and they're going to try and dress it up as if it's because they want to make it better for the clubs. But actually, it's to cover up the fact that they got it really wrong, thinking that they could police it, thinking that they could enforce it. I think the intention was good. And I actually agree with the whole basis of it, which is to try and make it a more level playing field um, when it comes to transfers and spending. But it's yeah i i just think this is a move by uefa to try and spare some blushes to try and make it seem as though it's this is what they wanted but r- when the reality is that they wanted to do financial fair play they just couldn't police it properly um and so it's become a bit of a laughing stock uh daniel ortega says uh, uh don't you think torreira at 18 million gunduzi at 15 el neni at 7 and Maitland-Niles at 10 Kind of gets us nearly to the Odegaard fee. How much does that total up to? 25, 33, 40, 50? I don't even think it will take 50 million. And and I think that those prices, I think you're being a little bit ambitious um, with what you think we can get for some of those players. Because I'm not sure Lucas Torreira goes for 18 million um, because he's not played this season. You know, he's gone to Atletico Madrid, been a bit part player, sat on the sidelines. And so I'm, um, I'm not convinced that that anybody's going to come with a bid uh, that significant. Uh, Oli uh, says he's not really injured. Talking about Martin Odegaard, he says he just stepped wrongly on his right foot. Odegaard and the manager confirmed in a Norwegian post-match interview that he'll even play Norway's next match on Saturday against Turkey. Yeah, we mentioned that a little bit earlier on. We mentioned that um, that the prognosis or the diagnosis, whatever you want to call it. Um, is a positive one and that he could be available for the game against Turkey, who, by the way, pulled off a phenomenal result against the Dutch. I know this is quite a poor Dutch side, but you shouldn't take anything away from Turkey. That was probably the one result I wanted to highlight from last night's games. So I might as well do it now while we're on the subject. But yeah, uh, fantastic performance from Turkey and, um, and uh, the Dutch. They've got a lot of work to do, haven't they? Um, but yeah, yeah. It's a, that'll be a decent watch and, um, and it's one I might tune into, I've got to be honest. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got here in terms of your comments. Keep them coming. Don't forget, by the way, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. We want to get over the 12,700 mark as soon as possible so we can start charging for 13,000 here on YouTube. If you are listening via the audio, make sure you're also subscribed. Make sure you leave us a review. And a quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at manscaped.com. So if you haven't checked them out already, then uh, please do so. Head over to manscaped.com and uh, give them a f- uh, check out their products. And you can enter our discount code, which is 19 min20, 20% off free shipping. What more do you want? Especially with the summer coming up. Um, what else have we got here? Um, a couple of you asking how long Odegaard is out for. Well, we know that it's not gonna be very long based on on what we're hearing. Um the armchair gunner talking about that FFP thing says the scrapping of FFP will be another step in allowing clubs like PSG and City to monopolize the game yeah and and it comes it comes down to what i said before they can't police it um and um and so they're going to scrap it simple um a ogbodo says harry is your man dan i'm assuming you're talking about dan potts aware that guendouzi is not even making the hurt of berlin first eleven I don't think that's the Roman numerals for eleven, but uh, he kept, or is it? I don't know. <laughs> he kept hyping him uh, to get at Arteta. Yeah, look, me and Dan disagree on a lot of things, and that's one of them. Um, you know, Matteo Genduzi's clearly got an attitude problem. You know, you heard it here uh, from Jeremy Aliadier on the show a few months back, player who played with him at Lorient. You heard it from, well, you know that Mikel Arteta's is not happy with it. You know, you've heard from the Hertha Berlin coach that he described Matteo Guendouzi as going through football puberty, like he's still trying to grow up. And he said he's got a rebellious streak. And, um, and so if, if multiple people are saying it, there's got to be some truth in it. A lot of people will use Gwenduzzi uh, as a stick to beat Mikel Arteta with, but will we have been in a better league position with Matteo Guendouzi? I don't necessarily think so. Um you know I I, I I just don't see it I, I i don't see what's so brilliant about him and i've you know i think he's been good at times but i think he lacks discipline positionally not just in terms of his attitude or his the way his conduct i think he um i think he struggles uh, to to keep a lid on his emotions and and that's part of being mature it's part of being grown up you've got to be able to channel that in the right way i love that he plays with his heart on his sleeve everybody Every fan loves to see that, but obviously more than just that Brighton incident, more than just him losing his shit with Neil Mopai uh, has led to this point. And I think people need to recognize that. Um, let's uh, let's uh, move on. Jashar says, Harry, under this COVID period, do you think we've undervalued our homegrown players like Willick, Nelson, Maitland, Niles, Chambers and holding as replacing them will attract a homegrown premium? Maybe, um maybe i'm not sure um you know obviously it's the market's taken a massive beating i think because of what's happened and the extent of that beating is is unclear for me and i don't think it will be clear until the transfer window closes and we can look back on it and then maybe assess or compare how it went um in comparison to um to, to previous windows. But yeah, I mean, obviously that carries some weight because you need to have a certain number of homegrown players in your squad. And I, I totally accept that point. But I, some of those names, I mean, I think Chambers will stay. I think Holding will stay. I don't think they'll be uh, they'll be moved on. But Willock, Nelson, Maitland-Niles, do I look at those guys and think they're worth mon- lots of money anyway? No, not necessarily. I don't think any of them are good enough for Arsenal. I think you could get six seven million pounds for them because of what you said Josh are because they are homegrown because they're young and still have plenty of time ahead of them and time to develop but I wouldn't be looking at those guys and saying that they're going to bring us significant funds this summer. I'll be looking at them and saying if we can sell a group of them we can make some money but individually I don't think any of them carry a, a massive value if I'm completely honest um what else have we got here? um sam says uh the discord link in the community tab may have expired i'll check that out mate thank you um but if you want to become part of that discord server you need to sign up to the membership click on the link in the description uh and you could get access to the discord server with our lowest membership um which is the red membership so you can um get access there and uh yeah we'd love to have you and have you in the discord server as we talk all things uh, all things Arsenal and and sometimes about the wider game as well. But yeah, um just to kind of summarize where we're at today this afternoon as we talk about uh, Martin Odegaard. We heard last night he picked up an ankle injury, continued briefly but was then substituted at half time in Norway's World Cup qualifier against Gibraltar. According to the Norwegian boss, it looks as though he could be in contention to play against Turkey at the weekend. So the injury is not a severe one, uh, but there was some kind of injury and they did at least take some form of precaution. And as if that wasn't bad enough, we heard the reports this morning from the Spanish outlet, Marca, who claimed that Real Madrid have no intention of selling Martin Odegaard this summer. As I've said throughout the show, and I will continue to say over the coming months, take that with a pinch of salt, because I still believe not just me, but there will be lots out there that believe that if Real Madrid are presented with an offer they feel is respectable, they will take that offer and we could find a way of doing this Martin Odegaard deal, whether it be by taking him on another year's loan with an obligation to buy at the end of it or a straight up transfer this summer. We're not sure yet, but I do believe that Arsenal will be working very, very hard behind the scenes to get that deal done and fingers crossed uh, we can do so bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you want him to keep performing brilliantly for Arsenal, but you feel with every good performance, the chances of him being allowed to leave Real Madrid and his, uh, you know, decrease and his transfer asking price uh, probably increases. So it's a little bit of a catch-22 at the moment. But hey, it is what it is. Um, Fingers crossed this, you know, he can help us achieve our goals in the short term. And we can look to the future afterwards, because right now we've got to focus on qualifying for Europe next season and focus on winning that Europa League, bringing a European trophy home. Mikel Arteta, it would be Mikel Arteta's second major trophy uh, in a season and a half. And uh, it obviously sneaks us uh, back into the UEFA Champions League, which is ultimately, as a football club, where we want to be. Big thank you to everybody for tuning in uh, to this latest live edition of the Chronicles of aguna I'll be back uh, later on with another version. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Make sure your notifications are turned on. Check out our sponsors. Check out our membership proposition. Smash the like button on your way out. And I will catch you all a little bit later on. Until then, ciao.